0: podcast where I try to get my best friend caught up with some of the most popular songs and artists that impact our lives. I'm Allison.
1: Hi, I'm Rachel and I missed all the music.
0: Yes, you are. Rachel, we're back for another show. We're approaching the end of this season. How are you
1: feeling? Wow. I know. I feel like this season is going by much faster than previous seasons. So I'm I'm excited about that because maybe that means I'm having a lot of fun.
0: Yes, I was about to say that exact thing. You know, it's funny. Um, I've been listening to a lot of music with my son, and he says his favorite songs are fast and loud. So my, <laughs> my tangentially related question uh, for you this week is, what do you think is the loudest state in the union? You may use any
1: criteria you wish. I would say New York. They've got, you know, the Knicks. They've got Madison Square Garden, which gets loud. You know, the city gets loud. Sure. And then they have, you know, the waterfalls in Niagara. So those are really loud, too. Those are good reasons. So what do you think is the loudest State of the Union?
0: I would say
1: Illinois. Wonk, wonk. (laughs) Yours. Okay. I feel like you're reading um, your son's joke book a lot lately. <laughs> are you reading the joke book I got him?
0: No. In fact, um I did not make up that joke or read it out of a book. Um Illinois is actually the name of an album by this week's artist.
1: Um I don't believe you. Are you are you pulling my leg? I am
0: not. I do not pull your <laughs> leg on this show ever. Oh, ever.
1: <laughs> okay. Are you curious? Um, yes, but I'm like, I can't place it. Like, I have no idea. I have no idea.
0: Well, let's see if the name rings the bell. Are you ready to do the big drum roll? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Drum roll Sufjan Stevens. What? That's the name of this week's artist. Oh, OK. Have you ever heard of him before?
1: No. Cool. Is that like oh. a violin player? Uh, nope. Um. Okay.
0: I will read you a couple songs, though. I don't really see the point. Um, no, neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> he has a song called To Be
1: Alone With You. OK song called okay. Chicago Ooh, but I'm thinking more of the Broadway production of Chicago so That's
0: not related in any way there's no reason to go on with that would you say your current knowledge of fairly famous What? Sufjan Stevens is currently at a one
1: I would say definitely a one but they're famous oh yeah he has eight studio
0: albums and um lots of other claims to fame, but I'm not gonna tell you anything else about him now. Um, What I'm gonna do instead is make you go home and listen to him every day for a week and then come back. (laughs) And um, our super special guest host for this week, a friend from our way back college days, Nathan is gonna come and share his love of this artist with you.
1: Is it the Nathan I'm thinking of? We'll have to talk about that off air because now I'm really curious.
0: <laughs> well, I think you'll have a good week no matter what. And I can't yes. wait to share this playlist with you. Are you ready?
1: I'm ready. Let's go. Here we go.
0: Rachel, see you next week. Audience, will be back with you in just a moment. Welcome back, Rachel. You spent much more than the last week listening to Sufjan Stevens. Um, But before we talk about your impressions, I want to welcome our special guest
1: host, uh, Nathan. Welcome, Nathan. Glad you're here.
2: Hi. Great to be here.
1: Thanks for being here, Nathan. I'm so glad you're here. Me too. So, Rachel, we started this episode... Six months ago.
0: (laughs) We are almost at the end of 2021. Um, Life happened, but now we're finishing it. Um, What were your impressions
1: of this artist? Honestly, um, I didn't know anything beforehand. And so I was really coming in completely blind and I was trying to figure out, all right, here's his name. What am I getting from this name? And I was thinking more of a kind of international sound, and okay. it wasn't what I was expecting. Um, and honestly, I don't even know what kind of genre this is. Um, I know we're I'm learning a lot, but I don't even know where to categorize this. <laughs> so I was kind of just really blind and didn't know, and got what I wasn't expecting. <laughs> So, Nathan, can you
0: clarify this for Rachel? Because my understanding is that Sufjan Stevens can be categorized in a lot of different genres.
2: Yes, absolutely. So the playlist that I sent you, I think you could pretty much categorize all those songs as indie folk. Yes. That's often how he's described. That sort of implies folk music, but it's weird. And... Uh, Not all of his music is folky at all, but most of the songs I sent you, it's kind of album by album with him. But most of the ones I sent are folk, indie folk. I usually like to specify with him because you hear a lot of banjos and acoustic guitars, but it doesn't to me sound at all southern or country. So you often think when you hear banjo, you think, oh, bluegrass, but it doesn't really sound like bluegrass. And I think that's one of the things that's disorienting about his sound. And yet his name, Sufjan, uh is a persian name i think his fam I think his family was a part of some kind of religious community
0: interfaith
2: yes something. yeah when he was born <laughs> but he uh does not have any sort of persian ancestry just a strong persian name
0: that means it has something to do with a sword
2: comes with, a sword. with a
0: sword yeah something like
2: that yeah
1: cool cool
2: but if you call him Sifyan, you're already, other fans will know. Oh, you really know. You didn't call him Sufjan. So <laughs> you're a cool kid if you call him Sifjan.
1: I was calling him Sifjan. Yeah. Okay. Good. So I'm yeah. cool. Great. You're,
2: yeah. Wow. You well, already have everything wow, you need. That's, to
1: know. that's a hard feat to accomplish, Rachel. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: Nathan, I know Rachel wants to know. So, we got a little bit about his family. Yeah. Where is he from and how did he come into music?
2: Yeah, so I know he was born in the Detroit area. Um, I think spent most of his childhood in Michigan. And that, of course, comes out in a lot of his songwriting and his references. Also spent time eventually with his mom. I think his mom was sort of an unstable person, but he yeah. connected with her some. I think a little later in his childhood, and that was in Oregon. So that's where you get a lot of the regional references from in his songwriting. Mm -hmm. And as far as musically, obviously, he's a prodigy. On some of his earlier albums, he plays literally every instrument. In fact, um, I think he plays on Michigan. I think he plays everything.
0: That was my understanding. Yeah.
2: And that's 20-plus instruments. So all the wind instruments and things he plays, the guitars, the bass, the drums. I think he doesn't really do the strings. So when you hear the violins and things on the Illinois album, for instance, I don't think that's him. And it's not all good. He's not great at all the instruments, but he plays (laughs) them all.
0: I read that he um, studied the oboe specifically. Right. Yeah, and you look surprised.
1: (laughs) He sounds like- um so my daughter, she's playing the cello. Uh-huh. And she has a, um, a cello teacher that comes to our house and teaches us. And he knows about 10, 15 different instruments. And wow. I, he explains to me just how he can do it all. And, and I'm just like, I stand amazed. And so learning about Saffron, um, and how he does that, I'm just like, Oh, well, my daughter's cello teacher is pretty normal, but he's not normal. And this guy's not normal. He's a genius. So maybe my daughter's cello teacher is a genius. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, what's I think what's cool is you get to a certain point with instruments and you realize, well, there's instruments that play high, like soprano, range, and alto, and center, and bass. And then it's just, they have different sounds to them. But I've heard stories of when Sipiano was recording the Illinois album that he, he would send the violin parts to a random violinist. And the violinist would learn them and be like, this is weird. And then he would go in the studio and play it. And then when they heard the album put together, he goes, oh, no, this is genius. But Sufjan can't even play the violin, but he can hear the parts in his head because he plays other instruments in that range. And so I think you sort of start to accumulate knowledge pretty quickly once you learn sort of the basic roadmap of
1: music works. Yeah. So this past summer, my daughter was um, learning composing. And she composed mm. her first um, piece at the age of nine. Uh-huh. And, um, and I was showing her the music that she wrote and things. And she's just closing her eyes. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm listening to the notes that are on the um, worksheet um, that I made. And I was like, how are you doing that? She's like, I'm listening to it in my head, mom. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just, I think for that's me, amazing. that's not a music person. Um, watching her learn and then also just some skill come out of it and talent and then watching um, her um, cello teacher it just kind of really with how things um, emerged over the summer and this past fall and how I was listening to Sufan am I pronouncing that right no Sufjan
2: like Uh.
0: there we go Um,
1: it really just kind of made the music even better you know, Mm. because I could tell all the different um, instruments in many of his pieces of music. Um, There's one piece of music, um, the concerning in the UFO. Uh Um, That one I really, really enjoyed because there, I could hear all the different um, instruments and the piano would have one moment. The flute would have another moment. Mm -hmm. Another instrument would have another moment. And it just like, it was like as if we were at a wedding and, you know, those moments of the wedding where, you know, those f- the friends kind of come to the center and kind of do a little dance move or whatever. Uh-huh. And that's what I felt like that move that song was like, is like <laughs> little instruments coming out to the center, doing their little, like, I'm at a wedding, I know a couple moves and that's about it. And then I'm going to back yeah. up.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, that song, that was the first song by him that I ever heard. I think that's probably f- true for a lot of people in my age range that were listening to indie music at the time because it's the first song on the Illinois record. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of, it sort of sets you up to think he might be a little bit different of an artist than he actually is because it's so completely beautiful. Like there's nothing noisy or weird about it. And not really any of the songs I sent you were that noisy or weird. A lot of his songs are, but it's so beautiful. And there's sort of this, this religious imagery that's in it. Like mm-hmm. Sufjan is one of those artists that anytime he says, oh God, he probably is it's a double there's a double meaning in there somewhere even if he's also just saying oh my god <laughs> there's probably a, a layer to it and that's one of those songs i um one time i was writing to a gig uh with this drummer from a really cool indie band mid-lake they're from denton they're awesome and i was i i was like starry-eyed because i'm riding in the car with this guy to a gig and i'm tongue-tied and i'm like what music am i gonna play in my car and <laughs> And so I put this album on, I put, and that song starts concerning the UFO sighting. And he goes, oh, I love this song. And I was like, yes. And then he goes, I was just having breakfast with him last week.
1: <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow, that's so, kind of cool.
2: So I'm almost famous. Like,
1: I'm almost famous. Yeah. That's funny. So I'm going to disagree with you on something. Okay. You said that you didn't put too many weird songs on this playlist. (laughs) And I want to let you know, the 4th of July was really hard to listen to. There is that sound at the beginning where I was just like, oh, that's not a good sound. But that is the sound that will determine, did I have enough coffee that morning or not? (laughs) Because if not, I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I can listen to that one tomorrow. Make sure I drink my coffee before I listen.
2: (laughs) So it kind of sounds like a, a blinker on a car, right? Yes. Like
0: ding, ding, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> right. They're very sensitive to unusual sounds. Uh huh. Songs. I was actually hoping, uh, Nathan, that you could talk a little bit about the musical influences that he has, especially yeah. their artists that we've already discussed. But any artists that you can think? Um, I I feel that Nick Drake has mm-hmm. to be one yeah. um, Rachel doesn't know who that is but um, maybe there are some other artists you'd like to talk about
2: yeah so from what I understand Elliot Smith is a big influence have you guys done Elliot Smith
0: no you're welcome yes. to come back and yes <laughs> do
1: that one.
2: I would love to do that Elliot Smith is awesome he uh, yeah so a real minimalist singer-songwriter Nick mm-hmm. Drake for sure mm-hmm. um, Bell and Sebastian who yes. aren't Super well known, but are great, and they're they're kind of what you might call like twee pop, really cute, kind of throwback.
0: I love tw- everything twee. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, yes, we are and so- the same
0: 200. generation and yes. like the same things. <laughs> yeah, so
2: it's like it's like Wes Anderson, but in in music form. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes.
2: Um. So Bell and Sebastian, and you can really hear that in the Bell and Sebastian. Their sound is like just so much in every arrangement. They're like they're not trying to pare it down, and Sufjan does that a good bit. Some of his arrangements are obviously very spare. And then uh, Brian Wilson, who you better known as the genius behind the Beach Boys. Yes, and that's a pretty obvious one if you think about like the one guy who's super genius and controls every aspect of the process. That was Brian Wilson, and that is Sufjan.
0: Yes, for sure. Rachel had a really good Beach Boys experience. Good. Yes.
2: Yeah. um, I have a controversial opinion. We can't talk. It'll take way too long to unpack, but I think they may be the greatest American rock band. Really? We we interacted about this a little bit on Facebook. Yeah. I
1: honestly (laughs) think I would agree with that, because the Beach Boys are so much fun. And -hmm. honestly, this past... Um, holiday season I heard a lot of their music um, in, Christ- um, in Christmas version mm-hmm. and so it's just kind of fun and then um, there's an artist that I actually have now discovered on my own Allison what? and she actually re-sings one of the um, Beach Boys songs um, and I'll have to send you the link to it um, so what? you can listen to it and I'll send it to you too Nathan so okay <laughs> I gave my four-year-old pet sounds for
0: christmas <laughs> i love that uh, this is not the beach boys episode this no. is the Sufjan episode
1: and he is what approaching 40 yeah oh, yeah if he's in first, his 40s i was kind of curious about his age yeah uh, huh yeah okay. okay
2: one other thing i have to say about his influences he he very influenced by like philip glass and the and the and the compositional technique known as minimalism yes which means a lot to me as a as a music major in college minimalism is this really cool thing that emerged really late 20th century where basically you take one musical idea and you kind of do it over and over and you build on it so you, even you think of like a lot of techno songs and things were just like super repetitive but it gives you this canvas to sort of build a song on mm-hmm. so if you listen to some of his songs, like Romulus, the first one on the playlist, just this one chord progression,
0: dong,
2: yes. never changes. But he introduces all these vocal melodies and banjo melodies over it, and they're all gorgeous. And it's just one simple little progression the whole song. So huge influence for him was just minimalism, the compositional technique.
1: Yeah, I liked um, the Romulus song. I like mm-hmm. the guitar riff within that song, mm-hmm. and honestly. Um, my daughter even noticed that she liked that song too. Mm-hmm. So lovely. <laughs>
0: so um, let's talk a little bit about his history. Um, I said in the intro that he had eight studio albums, but he has since released a ninth one. So he's been mm-hmm. making music for over two decades. Um, <laughs> and um, let's talk about kind of his first couple albums and how he became a big indie music pet.
2: Yeah, yeah. So you'll probably notice the first album I put on the playlist was Michigan. Mm-hmm. And even though he had an album or two before that, a sun came and the one with all the Chinese Zodiac <laughs> songs, um, those are not nearly as listenable. In fact, I've heard that he started actually doing instrumental music and his stepdad who owns his record label with him, was like, you know, no one's gonna listen to this. So you should try writing songs. And so he wrote A Sun Came, which has a lot of promise. And then when he when he finally wrote the Michigan album, that was when I think a lot of critics stood up and took notice. And a lot of people started buying the record and listening to it. Mm-hmm. And so that sort of established him, I think, as interesting because he had the weird name. He had, he played all the instruments. There was this rumor that he started that he was going to write an album about every single state, all 50 states. And so when I first heard about him, it was from someone who ate up that line that he was going to, he He's they're like, he plays every instrument and he's going to make an album about every state. Yeah. <laughs> so Michigan got that whole ball rolling and he became such an indie darling. And I have a theory. I don't know if I'm right about this, but he toured early on with the Danielson family who they were a, very weird indie act where if you listen to their music it's all difficult to listen to and um I think Sufjan probably saw the appeal of a quirky weird stage show with very very distinct sound to the to the live show and the records and then thought like what if I do that but it's better (laughs) because that's kind of what his music is it's weird indie music with really high quality songwriting Mm. but So that's, yeah, Michigan was the big one, I think, that sent him out of the gate. And then after that was Seven Swans, which is very overtly sort of religious and has a lot of Christian themes, a lot of biblical themes. There's a song just about the transfiguration on it. Um, I think Seven Swans is maybe pound for pound one of his best records. Like there's not really any weak points on it.
0: Rachel, the two songs from that album that you heard were "To Be Alone with You" and "The Dress Looks Nice on You." Um, any thoughts on those two songs?
1: So, "To Be Alone with You," I like how he, um, within that Lake Michigan part of the song, mm-hmm. that he um, he had those backup singers because honestly, the songs beforehand. Um, the first two that you gave me didn't have any background singers and it was just him and the instruments and when I kind of I was kind of thinking I was like so at that point I was like what is this kind of theme of this song of this music kind of truly trying to understand and then Uh when I heard the backup music I was like oh maybe he's not as a loner as I thought he was (laughs) (laughs) and that he wants to have some you know some friends and so I, I for that reason I was like Uh, maybe this week won't be as bad as I thought it would. I thought it was gonna be very lonely Uh, so that's why as the week went on I actually learned to like that song because of those backup singers
2: so you found him to sound less lonely on a song called to be alone with you (laughs) with you with you there you go
0: not alone if you're with someone
2: yeah now I'll be honest one I, when I looked at the playlist, I was like, did I put The Dress Looks Nice on You on this playlist? Because it's not one of my favorites. It's very iconic and mesmerizing.
0: I, I love and, it.
2: And I feel like most people love it. So I just left it. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't think for, if it was my personal Nathan hour-long playlist, I don't think I would have put that one on there. But it's such mm-hmm. a cool song.
0: I really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah.
1: It was kind of funny with the song To Be Alone With You um, and then also... The um, Holland song, The Right Beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I liked how, um, to be alone with you, how he sang the words Lake Michigan.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but
1: then the song, the other one, Holland, I don't like how he sang the words Lake Michigan. Huh. So it's kind of interesting. As at first, I just wasn't, it was just, it was listening to them back to back and listening to specific words of how he's saying Lake Michigan. It was just, oh, he's going to approach it in a different way interesting yeah it was just a good point as an artist artist. sleeping on lake michigan
2: he's kind of reaching up into the top of his whispery voice (laughs) yeah so i have okay i have a question rachel because most people in the world when they listen to music they just hear the melodies they hear the vibe they hear the beat and that's really what they want out of it then there's the rare person who listens for the lyrics what kind of person are you
1: so it kind of I will ebb and flow. It kind of depends. Uh-huh. So for the first couple seasons, I was really, really diving into the lyrics to a point where I couldn't get out of it, where I was kind of stuck in there, where yeah. I was just where Allison was really teaching me, Rachel, just don't look at with the lyrics. Yeah. Close your eyes, listen to the music. Don't think too much. Don't think uh-huh. too much. And it 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 took me until like season five or six to get really there. <laughs> And
0: then this season we did Bob Dylan and it was like, Rachel, only like, on the lyrics.
2: Right.
1: I think it depends on the artist. <laughs> yes, yes. I would so say genre rewards and you. If you and it kind of depends on the mood, who I'm with, where my energy level is. And mm-hmm. so for this one, since I had about six months to listen to this um, artist, it kind of ebbed and flowed of where moments I was like, Listening to the lyrics and only the lyrics. And I was like, what in the world is he saying to a point where I really don't um, kind of send the songs to my husband? But uh-huh. this artist I did, I was like, what is he saying in this lyrics? I've been listening to this for quite some time and I still don't <laughs> get it. So there are moments where I was just listening to the instruments and enjoying the flute or the piano with a guitar, but then there were moments I was just listening to the lyrics, so, and I still don't understand the lyrics in some of them, so. Yeah, me either. Oh, I okay, but love... like I'm the only one. Yay! No,
2: I and I don't think his songs are all very linear, but that song has a line, uh, fall in love and fall apart, mm-hmm. which I think is one of his most beautiful lyrics.
1: I like that, fall in love, fall apart. Yeah.
0: That was pretty. Um, Nathan, can you tell me which album came next um the christmas compilation or um the illinois
2: yeah so i think illinois was released before the first batch of christmas songs okay the christmas songs are weird because he records them
0: oh over time
2: over time and then releases them when he's got 50 of them right so but yeah i think illinois was released before the first christmas compilation came out
0: that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I love that Christmas album so much. I gave it to one of my brothers for Christmas one year (laughs) when I gave it to him, he was like, I love this guy. And I was like, oh, there's so much like appeal. Mm -hmm. I think across, um, like, cause my brother's like a lot older than me. So like Mm -hmm. generationally, Mm -hmm. um, I, I love that Christmas album and Rachel, I think, Holy, Holy, Holy was one of the ones that, um, I don't think you liked six months ago, but maybe you like it now. Cause it's winter. I'm, I'm wondering <laughs> what's happening.
1: It was kind of funny as I was listening to this playlist, There's moments where, um, at the very end, and I, I guess this is just a Spotify thing that it just starts playing other music by the artists or similar yes. to the artists. Yes. And so it actually went right into, um, Christmas music for me. Uh. Oh, <laughs> that was kind of nice. Um, and so um, but yeah, I like the holy, holy, holy one. Um, that one became um one of my likes um instead of my dislikes. <laughs> nice so it took a while, but it was there. What changed
0: it for you? Was it the this the because when you initially sent me the your list of dislikes and that was on there, I was like, what? <laughs> um and then and then when you liked it now you know, was it exposure? Was it the time of year? Was it an acclamation to his style? What changed for you?
1: I think it was the acclamation to his style, but also really seeing the, um, it's not like he was trained more in his voice lessons since then, because it's not like <laughs> his concept of time of us listening to the album is not a <laughs> time of listening to the album. Um, but, um, his voice it just it sounded more controlled um in my thought in my interpretation as i listened to it in a different time period of six months
0: your perception changed mm-hmm. and i he did go to a fine arts school right mm-hmm. yeah so
2: yeah i i don't know what he studied in undergrad i do believe his master's is in writing
0: like oh right i read that yeah yeah but that he took the writing to sort of songwriting and made that transition. Right. Why don't we talk about the big album that's on this playlist, uh, lengthily known as come on and feel the Illinois, but we can just call it Illinois or Illinois going forward, uh, for efficiency. Um, there were a lot of songs from that album that I really love that didn't make it on (laughs) because I could have just handed Rachel that album and been like, Bye. Have fun. (laughs) Yes. Um, Rachel, there are a lot of songs on this playlist that you had thoughts about. So why don't you guys discuss them?
1: So there's this big one that honestly, so this has been six months of time where I've asked this question at the very beginning of the six months in my head. And Mm -hmm. I have been so patient. Patient and patient. I have not looked up on the internet. I have not text messaged Allison. I have not called her about it or emailed or sent a courier pigeon, but I am waiting for the answer of this um, question. (laughs) So Chicago, I think I've heard that song, but I don't know where and what context of maybe I've been hearing it, maybe on the TV or something, but I have been waiting for six months. Where has that song come from?
2: Yeah. Have you seen Little Miss Sunshine?
1: Is that a TV show? No, it's a movie.
2: It's a movie. Greg Kinnear and little Abigail Breslin and Paul Dano and Alan Arkin. And they're in traveling across the country in a VW bus. Yeah. Quirky.
1: I think I may have seen that movie like more than 10 years ago. Okay. Is it an older video? It's an older movie, right? Everything's old.
2: Late 2000s, I would say.
1: Oh. I also uh, it,
0: did some Googling and thought I found that it was in an episode of Veronica Mars. I don't yes. know if you watched that, Rachel. <laughs> uh,
2: and a show called The Politician. No. I, I thought
0: Veronica Mars was the most likely, but.
2: But it's I'm, very prominent in Little Miss Sunshine. It's like a big montage in the middle of the movie. And I think it was also prominent in the trailer for Little Miss Sunshine. So it's possible. You heard it in a movie theater when you were seeing Pirates of the Caribbean or something else, (laughs) because it was just in the trailer.
1: I have not seen the Pirates of the Caribbean.
2: Well, that was just a made up example. That's pretty good. (laughs) The first one's pretty. good. The first one is surprisingly awesome. I haven't seen the other ones.
0: Well, it's not. <laughs> so <laughs> Rachel, you didn't really get your question answered. Um, the only other thing I could think of is if you were hanging out with me and my cool friends, maybe you heard yeah. it. Yeah,
1: Probably maybe at one of your parties or something that we've done. You never know. That and I feel like, I
2: feel like one in every five coffee shops there, all their music is like 2000s indie.
0: Yes. So you probably mm-hmm.
2: heard it in a coffee shop or two.
0: Rachel, I know you had some other questions
1: about some of the songs on this album or that you weren't I sure did. about okay with this song of John Wayne yeah. um, and his guitar music so I understand that he went to you mentioned that he was um, formally trained uh-huh. um, went to um, music school um, was he only formally trained in just voice or um, was he formally trained in guitar and stuff like that
2: N- no I think it was mainly like Allison said oboe and wind and instruments. I think he was self-taught on guitar and you're right to notice that guitar part. It's pretty technical. It's really fast finger picking on that song. I I tried to learn it just as kind of, Hey, I should learn how to finger pick like this because it sounds awesome. But yeah, that song. um, Now, did you notice the lyrics? Did you follow the lyrics on that song? Cause they're wild and disturbing.
1: They are very disturbing to a point where I still am puzzled by it and I don't understand them. And um, I think after a while, I just stopped trying. <laughs> well, he's like a serial killer.
2: Yeah, it's about a serial yeah. killer, John Wayne Gacy Jr. Are you familiar with that story?
1: Um, uh, the one that from the White Castle? Okay, I think you have a different serial killer. My bad.
2: It would have been somewhere in Illinois, because it's, it's all Illinois references on the album.
1: Yeah, but the one know. that would put all the women's bodies in the, um, in the walls of the building. Oh, Oh, you're thinking of the World's Fair guy
0: from. Back in the day in the 1900s. Yeah. From that book um, by Eric Larson. Yes. Devil in the White City.
1: Castle in the White City. I knew it was a white something. Devil. something. <laughs> you got it.
0: Uh, no, that's a different guy. Is Gacy the guy that put all the mannequins around the swimming pool and would like lure men to their deaths?
1: Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. My goodness, I can't sleep, sleep tonight.
0: Oh, you are not listening to enough true crime podcasts.
1: <laughs> to more, I guess, to get me. Yeah. To sleep,
0: okay.
2: I think what, what I like about the song is it does get to the fact that he killed people. It's not a gruesome song. It doesn't describe it too much, but it is disturbing. It has this one moment where he kind of says, oh, my God, are you one of them? And it's like, are you are you one of the victims? Are you one of the serial killers? But it's it's again, it's not linear. He's not just telling a story. He's also kind of artistically responding to the story in real time. And then he finishes with that line on my best behavior. I'm really just like him. Sort of this indication of there's that there's evil in all of us. Yeah, gets kind of real and philosophical there at the end of that one. It's actually if you know the story of John Wayne Gacy, it's one of his more straightforward songs. Just with Apparently, a little poetry. I don't
1: know enough. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Apparently I don't know enough either. And now I want to read up on um, the serial killer and then re-listen to the, the song. But
2: yeah, I mean, like, in the, the details in the, in the song, yeah, he dressed up daytime. like a clown. He lured boys to oh. their deaths. Yeah, a lot of that is in the song.
0: It's so disturbing.
1: I, mean, it's kind of situations. It's just, I just wonder about their childhood.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, according to the song, his mother was a drinker. Father was a drinker, mother cried in bed.
0: Yes. so,
2: so not great.
0: Not the healthiest. That's most Americans. <laughs> Just going to throw that out there. Um, Rachel's one thing that I did notice is that that song, as well as uh, Casimir Pulaski Day, those songs moved into your like pile over the oh. six months. Could you talk about that?
1: Yes. So for John Wayne I mentioned about the guitar but um Casimir was the trumpets like mm. as i to listen into more of his uh, music and realizing just the um the amount of instruments that he's able to really um dive into and for me who is a big fan of trumpets um as he um portrayed the trumpets as honestly I was listening to it and I felt like the trumpets were a different character in the song that he was trying to and the story he was trying to um kind of share with us so the trumpets one some other instruments are the others the lyrics are another and how he portrays the lyrics and how he portrays the music is another aspect so there's multiple characters going into this um the song which i still don't understand the lyrics um in the end but um i really like the song at the end so
2: yeah oh the trumpets are so unbelievably beautiful in that song it's just a simple little melody but he's a master at simple little melodies. The lyrics, and- it sounds to me like it's he has a girlfriend, I suppose, or a lover who has cancer and they pray for her at the Bible study and she doesn't get better. And mm-hmm. it ends with he's like the glory that the Lord has made. He shook my shoulders and he shook my face and he takes and he takes and he takes. The idea being that he took the girl. And I don't know that I don't think all of his songs are, are true stories. I think a lot of them are just little vignettes that he came up with. But it, yeah, I think it's something like that.
1: So I didn't think at the end that she was officially taken at the end, but there were parts of her that were taken through the treatment of cancer. And so it was just little bit by little bit by little bit. And it wasn't an overall taking because in the end and how the instruments end, it didn't seem like there was some finality to it. True. That, that was my take.
2: Yeah. Yes.
1: I'm only you know, he it. says, he says the
2: nurse came in. I can't remember the next line. And then, you know, I'm crying in the bathroom and it sounds not great. <laughs> <But> you <laughs> might be right. Let's hope.
0: Before we go on, uh, Nathan, I was hoping you could share a personal story of yours um, from the time this album came out. What is that? 2005.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I actually went and saw him in concert around that time. And i Uh, I traveled to the city of Austin, Texas to see him. He wasn't playing anywhere near where I was living. And at the time that was the nearest show and saw so many of my friends there, which was funny. I didn't know they were going, but I would see, or like the dude from the coffee shop who you knew was going to be at the Sufjan Stevens show. I saw him there. And uh, one of the girls who went with my group in love with him, bought a brand new dress, hoping to meet him. And so the show was awesome and he was wearing wings, like huge eagle wings, the whole show and his band, oh. like the whole, it was like a huge band, a whole orchestra. They all had butterfly wings on. He had eagle wings. And so after the show, we were, it was amazing. And we went and got coffee and I look out the window and I see two members of the band walk by. They were all dressed identically, but one of them, I was like, oh my gosh, that's Sufjan. Like he was dressed a little bit differently. And I was like, oh, so I like pushed over tables, ran out of the coffee shop, fast walked. So I didn't freak him out, caught up to him on the sidewalk. And, and I was like, what am I going to say to him? I don't know, but I have to go. I have to go talk to him. And no joke. I saw Quentin Tarantino walk by. This was the week of uh, South hey, by Southwest Festival.
1: I know
2: that guy. <laughs> I saw Quentin Tarantino walk by and I just didn't care because I was chasing Sipjan Stevens. <laughs> so, oh,
1: <my>
2: <laughs> so I oh, finally goodness. cut up to him and I was like, Hey, hey, Sipion, hey, uh, I, I don't want to bother you, but I just have to tell you, that was like the best show I've ever seen in my life. And he did not stop walking, by the way, just kept walking. And he was like, oh, thanks, man. And I said, I love the new, new song, Lord God Bird, and I love how you changed the chord progression up at the end. Just such a nerdy thing to say. And he goes, yeah, it was pretty over the top, right? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, well, anyway, I don't want to bother you, so... And I just stopped following him. But then I called my friend who was there to like meet him and have him fall in love with her. And she was <laughs> at his tour bus, like waiting for him, like a stalker. And oh, I was like, wow. I was like, Hey, he's walking down the street towards sixth street and she comes running. Like I haven't hung up the phone and I see her fly by me in her dress to go find him. But
1: well, did, like, yeah. Yeah, um, did he accept her, her, uh, her love?
2: <laughs> well, okay. This is, This is the long version. You can edit this out if you need to. But she uh, started talking to him about living in, he was living in New York at the time. And she starts talking to him about local New York spots. And he's like, oh, that bakery. I love that bakery. And she goes, why don't we meet there on the first of the year? I'll be in New York. And he goes, okay. (laughs) And so three months later, she's in New York and she goes to the bakery on the first of the year. And she gives me a call at like 1130 and we chit chat for like 10 minutes. And then she goes, he didn't show. Aww. And I said, I know. <laughs> but she Aww. tried her best. <laughs>
1: that is, he, is he taken? Is he married and stuff?
2: He's he's very reclusive about stuff like that. But I don't mm-hmm. know that he is. There's no indication that he is.
1: Oh, OK, so yeah. she sort of had a chance. Yeah. Oh, Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> But uh, there, you know, you meet a random girl after a show and she says, hey, let's meet in three months. Uh, he probably was busy. <laughs> but, <laughs>
0: that I already forgot.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Where it wasn't meant to be.
2: Or it wasn't meant to be.
0: Um, okay. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for sharing that story. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk uh, our next album. Mm.
1: So it seems like he likes to travel um, with these albums. And you mentioned that he was going to do all 50 states. Has he Mm -hmm. brought that up again? Or is that it? And he's done Illinois and Michigan and he's never brought that up again.
2: Right. So it has been, it's come to light in recent years that that was always a marketing ploy.
0: Mm. So
2: he was given advice from someone else that he should say that he was going to do that. And someone, you know, in his, his manager or someone mentioned that, Hey, let's say you're going to make an album about all 50 States. And so he agreed to do it. Now I will say, if you just take that at face value, it sounds like, Oh, well, Sufjan Stevens is a huckster and a liar, but it's really a part of his whole thing. He's got that thing like Andy Kaufman where part of the bit is you never know if he's serious or not. Hmm. And so a, a lot of times he would release statements about his albums that you, if you read it long enough, you're like, Oh, this is made up. Like this isn't true. And, or even like I mentioned, he did his whole show in Eagle swings. It's yeah. not like all of his songs are silly and they're probably, and like the, I mentioned before the Danielson family that he toured with before he kind of became big, the Danielson family would come on stage and nurse his outfits. But to them, that wasn't to be silly. It was like, our music is all about the healing power of God. But you're on stage in a nurse's outfit. So is it silly or is it sincere? You know what I mean? It's 100% both. And so that's a lot of sufyan. It's very silly, but not meaningless. Not It's not Dada. It's not weird to be weird. And so you, there was always a lot of obfuscation with him. You never really knew for sure what was real and what wasn't. And so... To to longtime Sufjan fans, you never believed for a second he was for sure going to do the fifty states. He, you knew that he said it, but you knew that didn't mean it was going to happen. So when he later said, "Yeah, that was always just going to a marketing ploy. That was never a serious plan." No one, very few people, went like, oh, "What?" Right.
0: Also, even if he had that idea and he thought it sounded interesting, right. Artists can have big ideas and change their minds and go in different right. directions and grow. I think the best artists, Rachel, that we talk about grow right over time and change styles and change ideas and push themselves and don't just get stuck in a 50 album rut. <laughs> right.
1: There's another thing that I was kind of hoping to see from him is just an overall theme that he just likes to travel and maybe mm-hmm. he wants to pick out a few things. And so I right. didn't know if traveling is one of his things that he likes.
2: So that would have been certainly true if he were serious about the 50 States. And I remember when I saw him in Austin, people were like, are you going to do the Texas album? And he was like, Texas, my gosh, like, where would you start? Like, there's so much. So even then he was not like, it didn't sound like he was taking the idea that seriously. But what's funny is the Carrie and Lowell album, if you listen to the whole record, it's all Oregon references. So Mm, even
0: though, huh? Because of his family, it's about. Yeah, because he
2: was there, but tons of regional references that only people in Oregon even would catch. I've had friends from Oregon point them out to me. And so it's almost like he's tricking us again because he's like, oh, but did I just make the Oregon record? Uh?" So he always (laughs) kind of keeps you on your toes like that.
0: Rachel, you had a feeling um, that you messaged me that (laughs) your text was, is he sad?
1: And um, I want to know kind of what prompted that. Uh, there was a moment that it just kind of gave me a little bit not much, mm-hmm. but just a little bit of a flashback to Nirvana. And, ah. I, mm-hmm. I, and so he is alive though, right? And he still can yes. make music. And um, but has he figured out how to solve this sadness stuff for me who loves more? peppier, happier music? Um, Has he figured out how to solve his sadness?
2: Yeah, I love that question. And so I should say at the outset, if you listen to the whole Illinois album, which by the way, back when people listen to music on CDs, it fills an entire CD, it's 80 minutes of music. It's a ton of silly and fun, big orchestral songs, songs Mm -hmm. that are jokey and noisy. And so I probably gave you a little bit of a skewed version of him. But I, what, what I think you get on some of the best records is you get that mixture of silliness and serious. Obviously, the Great Beatles records do yes. that even OK Computer by Radiohead does that. And so he doesn't take himself that seriously. But then there's these unbelievable little folk pop songs that crop up. And those are the ones I put on your on the playlist partially because some of the silly ones are like eight minutes long and that would have filled up your whole playlist really quick. Yeah. So there's a lot of joy and silliness in a lot of his music. And it's a very, it's a fulfilling artistic experience to take it all together. That being said, the Carrie and Lowell album he wrote right after his mother passed. And as I mentioned, he didn't really grow up with his mom that much. She was a very tortured individual. The the first song, Romulus, is about her. You might remember... Mm -hmm. She, she came to Romulus for a day and we touched her hair and, you know, I was ashamed to talk to her on the phone and all of these sad images of his mom. Well, Carrie and Lowell is right after her death. And so that whole album is very sad. I think he, he admitted to getting into some self-destructive modes of living after her passing and it's funny you mentioned the Fourth of July song. I would I would be interested to know if you would be willing to go back and listen to it because it's written from it's like a conversation. It's her talking and then him talking. And it wow. sounds like immediately after her passing. So he says, for instance, it's such a funny thought to wrap you up on in cloth. Do you find it all right? Like about her, you know, mm-hmm. passing in the hospital room. And then she says, Did you get enough love, my little dove? Why do you cry? And it's all these really haunting lyrics between mother and son right after her passing and so yes at that moment i would say he's mostly just sad
0: yeah though i i personally don't think focusing on mortality is necessarily has to be sad because it can be a way to focus on um the present and the here and now and the good things that we have here and now Mm-hmm. So, I don't listening to somebody saying we're all gonna die for a minute doesn't make me feel sad necessarily mm-hmm. I,
2: I I would say as a father,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I would feel very honored if one of my kids wrote that song about me, like mm-hmm. my dad just passed, and I'm gonna have a conversation with him in a song.
1: yeah, I
2: think that's really sweet
1: the one song, the only thing um as I was listening that over and over again. It initially wasn't my favorite, uh-huh. um, but actually by the end of the week, it became one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And um, it just, um, I think it's the instruments, the um, somehow the lyrics yeah uh, and just everything, combining it together. Um, and as I continued to listen to him through album by album, by album, by this album, I kinda, some things kind of clicked for me in the sense of where I could see the, um, the geniusness come out mm-hmm. and the understanding of why, oh, okay, so this is why he's popular and this is where other people listen to him too. And um, the more surprise and shock of me of like, how have I not heard of him before? Mm-hmm.
2: Is that kind of I, I totally agree. I think that Carrie and Lowell, you see him in peak form and that you're right. It's That's wise that you say that about that song about the only thing, cause it starts out incredibly dark basically the only thing that keeps me from killing myself. And then he gets to, uh, the music continues to grow and he starts listing things that are good about life. And he's it's funny, he says blind faith, God's grace. And we tend to think of blind faith as a bad thing, but with Sufyan, you never know.
0: <laughs>
2: and so it sounds like he's saying things that keep him going, one being blind faith and another being God's grace. And it's hopeful kind of like, and I should have known better. He's talking about his brother's daughter. And the beauty that she brings. And it's like he's looking for beauty where he can find it.
0: So, Rachel, I know that you have another question about one of the last songs on this playlist. Um, he has a lot of different um, music, other genres, other types. So we couldn't get everything on there, but you had a question specifically about Tanya
1: Harding. So, you got to meet him. Now, did he get to meet Tanya Harding? Because he wrote, he writes a whole song, an album about her. And I'm hoping that there's some kind of interaction or just, I don't know, creepy. I'm going to write, write a, uh, an album about you kind of thing.
2: Right. Well, the album, it's really just a single. It's a couple of versions of that one song.
1: Oh. So
2: basically, he wrote a song about her. But no, I don't think he's met her. <gasps> She's from Oregon. She's kind of working class. So there's a connection to his childhood. And that time period when he would have been growing up would have been when everything went down with her, you know, having Nancy Kerrigan clubbed and, and, you know, them going to the Olympics and her ultimately being banned from figure skating. Um, he wrote the song around the time that film came out, I, Tanya. Mm-hmm. but that was a coincidence. It wasn't related at all to the film. In fact, he offered the film, offered the song to the filmmakers and mm-hmm. they were like, oh, we love the song, but we can't really use it. And some, a reporter actually asked Tanya, have you heard the Sufjan Stevens song that he wrote about you? And she said, I haven't heard it and I don't want to hear it. And where does he get off using my name and writing a song? But the interviewer, I kind of love this. She, at the end of the interview, quoted the song, didn't tell Tanya Harding, but she, she kind of put her hand on Tanya's shoulder and she goes, um, this world is a bitch girl. Don't get stuck in the ditch girl. And, <laughs> and Tanya was like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so the, the interviewer kind of stuck up for Safiyan a little bit there,
1: yeah, but, yeah. but
2: no, I don't think he ever had the pleasure of, of meeting her.
1: Well, honestly, if you're going to write an album, you know, even if it's a couple songs or even write a song about you, you should definitely meet the, artist about it um oddly um there actually is a a, um a couple musicians that have written a song about my daughter and um we've gotten to meet the artist for it and she was in the music video and things like that but I just can't imagine some artists out there writing a song about my kid and me never meeting the artist I would just think that's so weird so for him to write a song about her and not ever really I don't know yeah meeting. i think that's a little odd but yeah. you know more power to him but honestly a shout out to tanya harding give him a yeah. chance listen to the song maybe meet up at um, for coffee uh, the first <laughs> of january <laughs> you yeah. know that kind of thing
2: <laughs> she well, the won't song, she, <laughs> she the won't song show. is so the song is so humanizing and kind that i feel that she would like it if she did listen to it and he wrote it if you watch the music video It's timed perfectly to one of her skating routines. So he meticulously composed the song to fit one of her skating routines. It's, it's masterful.
1: Wow. That's, that's, I didn't know that part. That's cool. Yeah. (laughs) Very cool. Um, My daughter's actually getting into figure skating right now. So she would actually like that little tidbit. Well,
2: connection.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So before we close out this episode, um, Nathan, I always like to ask our guest hosts um, why you care about this artist, why Rachel should care before she gives her ratings. So I'd like to know if you wanted to share um, what this artist means to you.
2: Yeah. So I think as a musician, I'm always eager to tell people about him because outside of the quirky indie world, many people have never heard of him. Yeah, I do think he's one of the best artists alive. Uh, His album, Illinois Paste Magazine, called it the best album of the 2000s that decade. Mm -hmm. And I would say the same thing about Karen Lowell for the 2010s, at least of the albums I've listened to.
0: He also did win an Academy Award for a song that he wrote for a movie soundtrack
2: for Call Me By Your Name. Right.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So he's yeah, it's not like he's he's starving or anything, but (laughs) I always want to stump for him a little bit, especially because he's so unique. I just feel like very few artists really strike out on their own and do something original and and sound like themselves and reinvent themselves. So that's all on the artistic side. Um, Personally, very important to me. um, I have a funny story. When I was first pursuing my wife, and that's not, I actually pursued her for a long time, when she finally started letting, like, reciprocating a little bit. I was driving over to her house to pick her up and this is so dorky, but I was literally praying like, what should I, what, what album should I have playing when she gets in my car? And I don't know if this is the Holy spirit, but the impression that I got was Illinois by Sifjan Stevens. And I was like, all right, but the thing, here's the thing. I knew that Megan didn't listen to Sifjan. I knew that she didn't like Sifjan and had never really listened to him. I knew her well enough to know that. So I was like, okay, well, we'll go for it anyway. So I put the album on, I go pick her up. She gets in my car, it starts playing, and she looks at me shocked and she goes, Nathan, today I have had like a Sufyan experience where his, the music was playing in my room and she she said it was like a religious conversion where she was like, I couldn't stop listening to him and I'm obsessed with him now. So <laughs> guess God is my wingman on that one. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so that album is like literally one of the things that brought my wife and I together. Um, So massively personal to me, as well as I just kind of think he's the best thing since sliced bread.
1: That's because you love your wife so much. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) He's really that good.
2: In my humble opinion.
0: Uh, Okay. Um... Gosh, Rachel, are you ready to rate this artist?
1: No, I'm shaking my head. No, I'm so conflicted. It's something that I've spent six months with right now. <laughs> I don't know if I want to rate it to let it end. Uh, or... Look, it doesn't have to end. Just because an episode ends
0: doesn't mean that you can't keep listening to music. This is a like That's recurring trend in our show that you can go back and listen to it again. <laughs>
1: so, listen to music.
2: All of life oh. is just continually re-rating Sufjan Stevens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay.
0: All right, Rachel. So on a scale of one of one to ten. One being uh, we should have known better than to do this episode. And ten being oh man.
1: I Are don't you know. Go to that, um coffee shop and still wait for Mad January. 4th? Yeah. <laughs> Are you gonna <laughs> Can are you gonna it? put on a dress
0: that looks nice on you there and you run go. down the street Jason? <laughs> no, I have to buy a brand new dress. Don't forget. <laughs> uh, um, where are you gonna rate the likelihood that you're gonna listen to this artist again?
1: Um, there's so many things that I've learned through this um, podcast where I I can't help myself, but I think I'm gonna rate it a six point five seven. Seven. Let's take it. That's actually hey. really good for this season.
0: I'm very yes.
2: pleased with that.
0: Um, that's just half a point lower than the Beatles, so be wow. very proud. Yeah. <laughs> have
2: I have I told you, Allison, how I rank the Beatles?
1: Oh, I want to hear your I, ranking. I want to hear your ranking. Nathan Beatles, and I are
0: both obsessed.
2: I think, and this is just this is what I think about them as a band: the quality of what they what they put out. If they're 100, then no other band breaks 50. That is what I, that's, of the bands that I've heard. That's, so.
0: I'm not <laughs> going to disagree. I just spent two and a half hours watching part two of Get Back today. So, so
2: excited. I've only watched a little, but I loved it. Oh, it's so, so good. Yeah.
0: So, um, Nathan, I cannot thank you enough for A, being extremely patient and B, creating this playlist and being a guest host on our show. Oh, it was so
2: fun. Love to do it again.
1: I had so much fun learning and um, it was just um, a joy to actually learn more about you through these albums and the um, podcasts that you've and through the um, list that you created for me. Yeah,
2: likewise.
1: If you,
0: our audience, want to follow along with rachel's journey through the 50 states and beyond (laughs) you can uh follow us on facebook and twitter like and subscribe on itunes and find this playlist and all the playlists by just going on spotify and searching for music she missed and if it doesn't come up you can send us a message thanks so much for listening thanks so much Bye. bye
1: cool bang 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 get knocked out